Heidi, can you bring your baby and please stand here? Corey, can you bring your son and please stand here? Huh? Where's Corey? Yeah, please bring your son here. Right, the gentleman who was taking the videos, where is he? I forget his name. Where is he? Wave. Yeah, please come and sit. Yeah, please stand next to Heidi, sir. Okay, can you please come? Don't get nervous. Okay? Because if you get nervous, I'll get more nervous. No, you please come and stand here. Okay, you also come and stand next. Yeah. yeah, thank you. I'm going to open up like I shared with Pastor Brian what I'm going to share. Okay, he's taking heavy risks. He's giving me two Sundays on the run. <laughs> Legacy transfer. You might have heard it, but I want you to approach it as if you're hearing for the first time because there are different facets, there are different angles to it. We do not know everything. Please remember, I am not an expert. Pastor Brian is not an expert. We're just, just getting hold of the expertise. And little bit, we release. Little bit, we release. So, this is how it goes. Okay? Isaiah 9. For unto us a child is born. Hey, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Unto us a child is born. Then unto us a son is given. Yeah. There's a difference between a child and there's a difference between a son. Yeah. Okay, now I need your little daughter's pram with the doll. Because I was very attracted to that this morning. <laughs> I do all kinds of funny things, you better get used to me. Okay. Thank you, sir. Right, again. Okay. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And very interesting, the government is on his shoulder. The government that came on the shoulder of Christ begun from age 12. Why? Sorry, sir. Why? Because Luke 2.52 says, He submitted himself to his parents, and he grew 12 years old. He was sitting with the Sanhedrin and the doctors of theology, and talking as if he also is a professor of theology. 12 year old. And he went to his parents, listen, and he grew from 12 years, he grew in wisdom and stature, not status, and found this son, who is the Lord Jesus Christ from the child, grew in wisdom and stature, and look at this construction and the syntax of the word, and found stature, found favor. It didn't drop from heaven. He had to find it. So from age 12 to age 30, which is 18 years, finding wisdom and stature, wisdom and stature, favor with God, favor with man, favor with God. Can you imagine how from this age to this age, he had to walk very circumspectly, not misfiring, not goofing the law, not sinning, nothing. 
But he was tempted like us in every way, Hebrews chapter 2, yet without sin. Now that is not easy because once upon a time before this is God, nothing to do with sin, then he becomes man, he begins to confront sin daily. Yeah. 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 He's 12. He knew the word. He was able to converse. He was able to discuss. He was able to even tell them that these five guys, they were aghast yeah. at the knowledge of a 12-year-old. Yeah. 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 You see? And he grew in wisdom and he grew in stature and I love this. He found, he found favor with God and men. Okay, the popularity of Jesus to the people began before ministry. And here he's 30 years old after this process and then goes to the water baptism and God says, this is my, listen to the words, this is is my beloved son, not loved son, not likable son, not adorable son. You see, the word beloved in the Hebrew is the meaning of the word David. David means beloved. This is my beloved son, and it says in the genealogy, the son of Abraham, the son of David. See, it's the beloved son of David who was the type of Christ to come that all these dynamics began to work. Why did it work? Because it worked in a human being that God chose before he could become a human being and walk in that dimension. That's why he's called son of David. And he was the beloved. Yeah. And he was given the testimony by God. He is after my own heart. It's not the testimony and acknowledgement of people in Israel. It was God who said, this David is a man after my own heart. Yeah. This is my beloved son. Who, I like this, hold on to this who I am well pleased with. Yeah. Then he's released 30 years into ministry. So age 12 to age 30 is 18 years. Excuse me. For Jesus, our God and master, to be proven as the true son took 18 years. I wonder how long it's going to take for you and me. And it took 18 years with this person, Jesus, who totally obeyed, totally surrendered, totally submitted. So what happens when we goof with our submission and our surrender to our spiritual father? We go backwards, we don't go forwards. Thank you. Don't, leave that for me. Leave that for me. Pastor Brian will enjoy this. <laughs> Pastor Brian will enjoy this. 
But the same breath, I must tell you, many of you may not get, you may not enjoy it. All sonship understanding comes from what I showed you about Christ the Son. You need to study Christ the Son for you to understand your and my sonship. No point me going to Julian and say, let me learn about sonship. It doesn't work because he is not Jesus. And you can't go to one another because nobody's perfect. But if you go to Jesus, he's perfect. So all our sonship should be learned from Jesus. So you have to do a lot of homework. I have to do a lot of homework. Is that okay? And you'll notice here, from there, I'm just going to open up very quickly to us. I'll give you some base chapter verses today and just quickly comment on them. Why? Because I'm coming again next week. Exodus 33 verse 11, please. Exodus 33 verse 11. I'm going to give you one in the Old Testament. And two in the New Testament. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. Now that's something. As a man speaks to his friend. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And he would return to the camp. Listen carefully. But his servant Joshua. Very interesting. The son of Nun. A young man did not depart from the tabernacle. When Joshua was following Moses, it says there in Exodus, he followed Moses as a servant. But he was still referred to, okay, technically, with the biological father, the son of none. Hey, that's how legacy transfer begins. You want to get legacy transfer from this your spiritual parents, it begins by opening, serving. Serving. See, we rush into that. That's why eh, back in India, we tell people, don't call us Papa and Mom because you don't understand what you're saying. It's not a vocabulary. If you don't understand, it's just a jargon. It produces nothing. Vocabulary and jargons produces nothing. It's only empty. But when you begin to serve, when you begin to serve, okay, hold on to that. First Timothy chapter 1, please. And from there, we'll get to Second Timothy chapter 1. I just want to give you some base text for us to... Kick off from where we can go. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 2. To Timothy, a true son in the faith. Hold on to that. Please quickly turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1 is written a little later than 1 Timothy. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 2 says, To Timothy, a beloved son. Hey, there's a shift here. Yeah. There's a major paradigm shift here. 
from a true son into a beloved son. Nothing of sonship happens overnight, starting with understanding. So put that together, these three verses. Exodus, 1st and 2nd Timothy. Joshua, his servant. Then later on, Timothy from chapter 16 of Acts was chosen by Paul. And he was following Paul in all the missionary journeys, etc., etc. And years later, Timothy, my true son. It's taken some time for Timothy, almost like Christ, before he could hand over the church of Ephesus to Timothy. You see, servants prove serving dimensions. They use serving dynamics. Sons prove their sonship. And once they prove their sonship, there's an upgrading from a true to a beloved. I don't have time to show you the in-depth of just this word true and beloved coming from the Greek language. You will enjoy it if you go and study it. There's amazing depth into that shift. It's just not words that I've said. Now, in Philippines, Paul writes to the church about Timothy and he says, hey, listen, I have nobody else that I can tell you straight with all the people that I have in my team, I have nobody else as trustworthy as Timothy. I have nobody else. So I'm sending him to you. See, sons can be sent only when they are tested, tried, then they can be taken. No, sons do not push their way through. They do not bulldoze. Excuse me, servants can. But servants are not sent. Moses, coming back to him, later on in his life, just before he's going to, you know, finish off, God said, Moses, come now, after many years, now, whatever's in you, impart to Joshua. Now, let me play with the meanings of the word. I told you about beloved means David. Joshua means Yahshua, means the Lord is my salvation. And he had to work out to live to his name. And you notice here, Joshua chapter 1, amazing. Verse 1, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, Joshua, rise up! When the sons are tried, tested, and before they are taken to be released, okay, there's a lot of staying in the presence of God, like Joshua learned. See, you and I need to follow the Father, mainly what he is doing with his God. 
How is he staying with God? How is he, you know, ministering to God? How is he, you know, growing in love and passion to God? That is the first thing we better go and get imparted. We better copy. If his priority is worship, his priority is prayer, his priority is whatever, you need to catch that priority. Yeah. Is that okay? Okay, hold on to that. Let me give you the definition of legacy. You may know this, but let me give you as a reminder. It is about the richness of the individual life, including what that person accomplished and the impact he had on people and places. That is what draws us mainly in one sense and the others also visited Moa. That's what draws us to Papa Jonathan. Because he fulfills this. And we've seen it over the years of, you know, Sarah and I, we have been with him for 20 years. They've been for 20 plus. But we have seen the richness of him. We have seen, you know, how he has accomplished and impacted people and places. It's interesting that when you walk into the Viswamula, that you have national flags of different nations. I went back home last week, sir, and I told Sarah, this is what I saw. He said, release to him. So I'm releasing that to you. The same will be here. You'll find different national flags. He's not copying Papa Jonathan David. He's not copying. He's imitating. There's a lot of difference between the word copying and the word imitating. And everybody, all of us can't imitate this, take every flag and put there, you're going to go into a big problem. But I've watched these people keeping in step with Papa Jonathan. Impartation, impartation, go closer, impartation, open more, impartation, go closer, in obedience, more impartation. And when that happens, you carry that the same thing will be done here. God bless you, sir. And those who just go for conferences will get confused. If you get confused, it's because you're not implemented what you've heard. So that's why you go to the next conference. You get more confused because the previous conference you and I have not implemented, we go to the next conferences, we download everything, it becomes too big for us, so we stop implementation. Yeah. Yep. So we can't impact our own people, leave the world. Is that okay? Right? Now, we need to do three things as we be ready for the legacy transfer. Just a minute. Legacy transfer begins by verbalizing, declaring, and proclaiming it. And this man and his wife have been doing that to y'all again and again. Yes? Yeah. <laughs> yes? Yeah. Thank you. It's still in the level of only declaring, proclaiming, and it's only verbal. Mm -hmm. 
he's a dangerous man. He's allowed me to take the message. So one danger, there's another danger and you're endangered. <laughs> hey, please don't misunderstand. I say this in love. If this gentleman through different people every Sunday has to stand here, here are the announcements, Thursday's prayer, Friday's prayer, legacy is not yet transferred. It's still in the principle. It is still verbal. It is still only a declaration. I like what Papa Jonathan says. He does still today. The offertory box is at the entrance of Wismabula building. You come in, he says, first get rid of the weight in your wallet. Then come in as a free person to receive. Hey, we have to grow up. Because the sons need not be told to give. Becky... The number that I got, and I want to give it to you. You said 900 bucks. The Lord says 1,800. Why? Why? Because if you're sons, and we know, here is a daughter trying to check with the father, and trying to say, that's what is the vision that I got about that alley, the sons will give. They need not be told to give. I'm sorry, says Amy, next week, we have only 500 bucks. There's no apologizing if you and I have got into implementing what has been told to us about legacy. There's no apologizing. It is to come and say, can we give some more? Oh, I'm not frightening you, but I watch everything. So you must not get frightened. When worship starts, I keep watching all of you. <laughs> I'm not the CIA, no, or the DIA, no. Neither FBI, but I keep watching. And here things were happening, and, you know, announcement giving. There's a gentleman who came, knelt before him, and said, I'm going. And then the gentleman said, I want to pray for you. I said, wait, wait. It's too close for me to miss. I'm sitting in the same row. And he finished that, he tapped and went, and immediately, he came back and he said, here's the gift for you. Am I right, sir? You don't ask. It's been, I'm not boasting, it's been more than 20 years since Sarah and I asked the Breakthrough Community Church that we established 18 years ago in India, even for one dollar. Because we built them up as functional sons. So you need to have three things. Oh, by the way, Pastor Julian, I'm doing very well. It's only 12, 13. Ten more minutes and it'll be done. And then I'll give it to that man to come and do what he wants. Because I have to show this. Yeah, yeah, I have to show that. That is, that is the climax, icing in the cake. It is your heart dynamic to grow in sonship. It is not your head dynamic. Do you know I've learned, even to move with Papa Jonathan, actually, I don't need intelligence to be his son. 
I just need to use my heart to connect with this heart. It, it flows. Yes. And this heart dynamic needs three things. Your positioning, your passion, and a paradigm shift. Your positioning, your passion, and your paradigm shift. This is learned from the father of the house. How is he positioning himself? He has a journey of so many years. And at different times, he's positioning himself. You must have noticed, he comes back from Baba Jonathan and then he, he shifts the position, correct? Yeah. He's not changing the position. He's getting the position even more accurate. Have you got it? Yeah. Don't get confused. Okay, now I want you to give me some geometry answers. Now, I can't go to the end, but I'm going to the corner. Which side of this room I'm standing? Just say left or right, big geometry, tell me. Right, it's my left, it's your right. So if I stand here, what kind, from this position, what kind of view I can get from you all? So, so yes, the right. Have you got it? Hey, uh, I'm a very simple man. I'm a very simple man. I'm not complicated. Very simple. I do a lot of kissing. Keep it simple, stupid. Okay? Right. I'm shifting position. I'm shifting position. So you tell me, now which side of the room I'm standing? So what is the view I get of you? Is the right and the left the same? No. Finally. Where am I standing? Middle. What's the view that I get? Aha. Is it same as the left and right? Listen to this carefully. When you shift your position, you shift your perspective. Oh, I don't understand, Pastor Brian. Just shift your position, man. Yes. Sometimes it's helpful to talk to Pastor Brian like this. I feel, you know, I'm getting pins and needles and pins and needles and pins and needles and pins and needles because he says, I'm speaking to you in love and I don't like it. Hey, shift your position. Sometimes come and sit next to him. He can't shoot at you. Hey, you must be very thankful that, you know, I'm helping you. Sit next to him. Don't wait for him to say, hey, Michael, come for a coffee. You say, hey, Papa, come for coffee. You're shifting positions. Be careful how you go to Mum Lin. <laughs> With your usual permission. No, Mom, you see, you know, what I Obviously, and she thinks to myself, I had enough of this crying, can you grow up? <laughs> because the same mom, Lynn, once upon a time, her position was to listen to you cry and say, it's okay, it's okay. Hey, have you counted the number of times she hugs you? Okay. Have you counted the number of times she's hit you? <laughs> That'll be called as domestic violence. But there's come to a point, she also shifts her position with you. You also have to shift your position with her. Yeah. Uh, am I communicating? I like what Amy said this morning about how she learned joining this empowering woman to be vulnerable. Yeah. 
do you know to be vulnerable is Christ like? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to take real liberties. Sometimes we preacher takes liberty when the time is coming to the grand finale. Then I go away, then you can catch him. He also is going away tomorrow, so you can't catch him. Please give me understanding. Sorry for my ignorance. Why is Australian people who cry say, <coughs> Oh, I'm sorry. <coughs> Why the heck are you sorry that you are crying with emotion? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Your Jesus, my Jesus, in this huge public gathering before the tomb of Lazarus, he didn't say he cried. The Greek word is, he wept me. He really broke down and wept. So you, from today, 13th commandment, thou shall not say sorry if you cry. He said, okay, sir, my friend. Wonderful, thank you. Just learn to shift the position. You'll understand the father better. Yes. Let me give this illustration. First day, first day, 2002, School of the Prophet. First day, Monday, 2nd of March, I remember sitting there. And here comes Papa Jonathan. Never saw him in life, only saw him photograph. He comes there and he says, oh, 100 of us from 20 nations. <laughs> you know why you're here? So I, I, I was very greedy. I told Sarah, everybody sit in front, under the nose. You know why you come? I thought to myself, okay, go, man. Because you know nothing. <laughs> By this time, I finished 25 years of pastoring. <laughs> and God has been merciful to you to send you to me. Now, by this time, I've seen all the top guys in the world. I've been under their teaching and they've been my professors. And I thought to myself, and then Pastor Brian, I'm so sorry. He's walking there in the second session and he says, I've understood all Christianity except Indian Christianity. And he touched me. <laughs> okay, I kept quiet because he said Indian. But then the, 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 the devastating thing, Julian, he said, this guy who comes from Chennai, I'm from Chennai, untrustworthy pastors. Ooh, he told that to 100 people. You think I have a face to go and have coffee? Went back to her room. I told Sarah, lady, we have the return ticket. We can always change the date. Tomorrow we're going back. She said, no, this is the man we want. This is the man. I said, no, 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 no. Second day, he preached something. I told Sarah, does he think he's Jesus Christ? Okay. Day, you know, a little bit of that Indian arrogance, you know, it has to come out surface somehow, you know. Like sometimes your Australian arrogance surfaces. We are on the same boat. He quoted a book and he misfired on the author, Papa Jonathan. Okay. And he quoted a theology statement and he said, This is Armenian when I know it is Calvin. <laughs> okay. You have 10 minutes break. Because I'm sitting right in front of him. Excuse me. And there he's so tall looking down on me. He said, yes. 
I said, The Imitation of Christ, dear Papa, is written by Thomas A. Kempis, and it's not Armenian theology, it's Calvin theology. Oh, looks like you're a reader. I said, yes. <laughs> Just keep it to yourself, don't share it with me. Heidi, I went to Sarah and said, pack! Now! I've been to international conference gallo all over the world. Hey! But that night, sir, Wednesday night, he said in the morning, there'll be a breakthrough service. I told Sarah, what is breakthrough worship? Worship is worship. What breakthrough worship? <laughs> Okay. You come here, you come here, you come here, you come here. And the first person he caught was Sarah and me. You come here. <clears throat> and among 100 people we are called. You, you still in the field? That the rest of you are not called. He said, don't touch me. Huh? We are so close, Julia. Don't touch me. But I'm going to pray and the spirit is going to come and hit you. Stand still. We Indians love to build statues. Hold! I'm not going to fall down with the Vineyard Church movement in Toronto. Stand! And he said very, very gently, he said, Spirit of God, come. The first fellow who flew off was me. And the second fellow pastor, Brian, who fell on me was this huge Australian. And Papa Jonathan said, your bones won't break because it's in the spirit. Then very sheepishly, I went that night to Sarah and said, oh, we'll stay. <laughs> Why? Why did I give you this illustration? Positioning is a choice. It's never by chance. Number two, passion. I have to see what this gentleman is passionate about. You know how passions develop? Shifting priorities. And you notice Pastor Brian and Pastor Lynn, all their life as pastors, they've been shifting priority and they get more passion. Have you ever seen Pastor Brian coming in and saying, huh, why do you make me so tired? Oh, you, you people. Can anybody give me some water? I'm so tired. You know, it's so difficult for me to come this morning to the stables. Oh, have you ever seen him talking like that? Have you ever seen him talking? Uh, um, you know, what to tell you all? I do not know. Have you ever seen him saying that? Passion. Something happens... Because he got the positioning all right with his spiritual father, Papa Jonathan, there's a transfer of legacy. Even when he gets hold of the mic, he's different. Passion is outcome of priority. So what is the father's priority? If I imitate that, that also will become my passion. Not your Levi jeans, triggered with passion. Huh? <laughs> okay. You can wear it and you can go into the wash machine into it and come out, drip dry. <laughs> Finally, making the paradigm shift. 
And I'll end with this, Julian. Have you noticed what I'm saying here? Have you noticed everything that I say is not a mistake? Why I'm saying certain things, Pastor Brian, and why certain things I'm saying, Julian? Because I'm honoring this man who has kept him as the pastor. Because he's the apostle. So in illustration, you need to know who to use. So the context should be accurate. You got it? So here it is. The paradigm. Okay, what is the paradigm shift? <laughs> Both of us did SOB together. You, under, you remember you and, and uh, uh, what's his name, sorry? Simon and, you know, we did it together. Of course, I can say, they were young guys, lads, they were lads. Okay. Oh, I remember the shake hand. I remember what you told our son, Jonathan, come on. I'll tell you after. <laughs> when he grew up with this gentleman, they also were moving with usual church, usual church, usual church. Remember? Till suddenly you tapped on unusual. And then you brought it to yourself. And it is like, it's not an automatic car. Sonship is not driving an automatic car. It's the hand gear. You have to shift gears. You have to shift gears. So you have moved as a pastor from usual to unusual. And you're also getting used to moving from usual to unusual. It's a paradigm shift. It's the same thing with the church, but the way you see it is different. Let me end with this. Unusual is not abnormal. Unusual is not abnormal. Unusual is getting back to the original church of the Acts. Have I communicated? What we all are trying to do from receiving from Papa Jonathan, get back to Acts. I like what he said this morning. Church, I believe we will raise the dead. That is Acts. Usual, unusual, that is the paradigm shift. Now, this is how we can do a reality check with this couple who is your spiritual father and come and say, how's it, Papa? Is it going well? You think I'm making the right step, the right change? Okay. But they say, no, you you have to fine-tune. No, what you've done is wrong. Just receive it. That senior gentleman who came, Kevin, And he said the last sentence, what he said was, listen to the instruction of your father. Everything that is said this morning is of God the Holy Spirit. So the entire worship service is brilliant because it is governed, directed by God the Holy Spirit. Next week, I was telling your pastor, I'll be speaking about desire, determination to find your destiny as sons. Thank you, sir.